You're listening to episode 144 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden, and today I'm chatting with Dove award-winning artist, Christy Knuckles. He has desires for us, and he's going to set those desires in us in every season, and sometimes in different seasons, it's going to change. And so he was showing me, I didn't know at the time, it, it felt like forever. It felt like all or nothing. And now what's neat is to look back on it in hindsight and to know that this was for a time. It was for a season. And I hope that encourages so many young moms that this, it's not forever. But if the Lord is asking you to lay something down, trust Him with that because you have no idea how in surrendering that, He does God-sized things. Christy is bringing the wisdom. I don't know if you've heard her lead worship. I know the first time, I think it was an if gathering at our church, was an if local, and I was like, oh my goodness, there's Christy Knuckles. I remember Christy Knuckles, and I didn't know the whole story. I didn't know her story of how she chose to step away from the music industry for a season to be home with her kids and then to step back into it. Uh, I didn't know all the background on her and being involved with the Passion Church and the Passion Conferences. And so I'm so excited to get to chat with her today about that and to let her give you wisdom on how do you know when it's time to step away? How do you know when it's time to step back in? And how do you as a busy mom stay connected with God so that you are led by Him and His Spirit in the moment-to-moment decisions that you're making with your kids? She has got some great advice for you today. Then we spend some time chatting about her new CD, the Christmas album, Thrill of Hope. She shares the story behind the song Amaryllis. For any of you going through a hard season right now, this song uh, will bring you hope. And the song, Wrap This One Up, I honestly, I had never heard the information she shared about the history uh, of the shepherds in Bethlehem. You do not want to miss that. It will change how you see Christmas this year, I promise. Before we get to my conversation with Christy, let's give a shout out to this month's sponsor, Persimmon Prince. Now, my friend Casey started Persimmon Prints in 2013, and her desire was to fill your life with print, to fix your heart on God, and to fight for those in need. And she's done that. She's created an ethical uh, made goods company. She prioritizes having partnerships with various faith-based organizations. So you know that your purchase from her is also going to go help others Right now, any uh, portion of the proceeds is going to go to Good Shepherd Agricultural Mission in India. And her Hope t-shirt, if you've checked it out, go to her site, persimmonprints.com. Look at the Hope t-shirt. That shirt was made by women in India. It's a great, cute tee. There's also some of my favorite tees. I was looking over there and shopping a little bit because, you know, we had Black Friday. She had a deal. And then we've got Small Business Saturday and Cyber Mondays today. Go over there, check out the Love God and Serve Others long sleeve raglan. It's super cute. It comes in cranberry, jade, and uh, I think gray. And then there's also the Choose Joy hoodie in like four or five different colors. And the Shine Pullover, I have that one. It's super soft, the perfect layering uh, pullover. And I think she has like um, only extra large or no, large Love Well striped tees. And then a variety of sizes and colors in the Love Well sweatshirt. But those are going, guys. If you wanted one of those, go get them because it's like my favorite. I told you, my uniform. Go to persimmonprints.com. Check them out. We're so thankful. Thank you, Casey, for sponsoring this month. 
All right, guys, let's get to my conversation with Christy. Here we go. Hey, Christy, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited because I know these young moms are going to be inspired by you and your gifts that you've offered already to us through worship for almost 20 years, right? Yes. Yep, I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) Wise. It's wisdom that we need. Yes, that's so great. So tell us a little bit about your family before we get into everything. Yes, well, Nathan and I have um, settled back in Tennessee where all three of our kids were born. Nathan and I are both from Oklahoma. We met when I was 19. We've truly grown up together. We spent some time in Houston, and then really we spent about 10 years in Nashville, and that's when all three kids were born. And then we moved to Atlanta to help plant a church for seven years, and now we've come back to where the kids are from, which is really neat to tell them, you know, there's not a whole lot of Nashvilleians, like <laughs> true natives around here. We're like, you guys are special. Um, so we've, we've come back here. Noah is 16 and he is driving and that has been a whole <laughs> world of learning to pray all over again. Your mm-hmm. prayer language becomes <laughs> alive again out of necessity. And then, um, Eliana is almost 14. She's in the eighth grade this year. And then Annie Rose is nine. She's in the fourth grade. So they are amazing. They keep me on my toes all the time. And I homeschool the two girls. Um, and I say homeschool, but it's really through Abeka DVDs yeah. and which we have amazing teachers that do all the lectures and it's awesome. And then Noah actually goes to public school here, which he's found has been Great, because he's got a lot of church friends now that kind of go there, and he has his church group too. So it's been a new experience for him because he homeschooled up till ninth grade. So that's where we are. I love how you and your husband have been in this ministry together for so long, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all the moving. I know there's gals listening. They've done that for the big city moves into Atlanta, and then, you know, the first time you went to Nashville, I'm sure, was a shock, and uh, now back as you guys have traveled and worked together and moved to new cities, if there's a young mom listening and that's her story, what yeah. advice do you have for her as she's kind of making her way in a new yeah. place? Yeah. I mean, I I would say, you know what, moving back from Atlanta back to, to Tennessee, I know this, you know, may not be first on everyone's list and it seems daunting and overwhelming, but we we really what we found was it was tempting to kind of fall off the like go to church train mm-hmm. for a while and mm-hmm. just kind of like ah oh, let's just get our bearings and let's kind of disappear for a while mm-hmm. but really because of the ages of our children we found it necessary to not church hop a lot and and to actually find that that place like that church home really quickly. And I know that that's a hard decision and it doesn't always work really fast, especially when you're doing the nursery thing. I know that we've got several younger friends right now going, we can't even go during that time because it's nap and all that. But I know that's a a difficult um, task as a family, but we really just prayed and asked that that God would make that really expedited, you know, Mm. for the kids' sake. And we immediately 
it, again, I think if you really pray towards it as a family to go, God, we, we want a community around us like as quick as possible. Cause we knew that that would catch a lot, you know, if, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if that was maybe, um, falling and, and the very first Sunday, uh, the one girl I did know from the church that we started visiting and actually never visited anywhere else, um, they came up and said, Hey, would you want to be in a supper club? And I mean, overnight we had six families that we were in a supper club with. So from church and actually a couple of them don't go to our church, but that was neat too, you know, to just get, um, this immediate community. But I think that honestly, if we hadn't had that, Mm -hmm. we would have been drifters, you know, and it just helped us. It helped the kids get involved. So Noah and two just, I know some of them, you know, your listeners probably have younger kids, but like, it was that hard step for him to go like to the winter retreat, you know, mm. for kids he didn't know, but he made that step and he came home a different kid and he was like, okay, I feel like this is my youth group, you know? So it's just kind of making those conscious steps towards community. I feel like just tighten the gap, you know, in this this transition that was hard. I'm not going to lie, but it could have been a lot harder. I think had we not just moved towards it as quick as we could. And Atlanta and and Tennessee and here in Dallas, we have so many great options for churches. I heard Mm -hmm. a friend who started at DTS, uh, a professor told him the incoming (laughs) seminary students, you have, you could go to a different great church every Sunday for your entire time. You're in seminary. He said, don't do (laughs) that. Don't do that. He said, pick one, get fully immersed, make friends, get community. Cause we can always, there's broken people are leading churches, right? There's going to be no perfect place, but God is moving in all of them. And if they're seeking his face and so just, yeah, like you said, pick one, get settled. Such wise Uh advice. That's really good advice. Okay. So you did the worship thing with your husband, passion. I know you didn't say that. The passion conference. You were at the first one. Is that right? The, yes. They, 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 we were. They invited you. Louis invited you for the very first one in Austin. That's so uh-huh. cool. Yeah. That you were a part of that. It, it, it was amazing. We had done this little, um, just little custom album that someone in our church had helped us pay for. Amazing. And I think it cost us maybe three to $4,000 to make this CD. And we thought really it was just for our church. You know, we were content with that. These are songs that we want to lead our church home in. And that CD just began to like get passed around and it made its way to Texas. And Louis would tell you, he he remembers where he was driving and he had to pull over on the side of the road because he was like, he emailed us. I remember it was when email, that's how old we are. It was when email was like a thing, like. <laughs> And we were like, who's Louis Giglio? Like, who's this person writing us this email? <laughs> then he looked us up and he was like, I, you're singing the prayers that we're praying mm. for this collegiate movement that my wife and I are starting. And he was like, who are you? <laughs> who are you people? And he invited us to come to the very first one. And we did, we led, I think, one song on the stage and he, he, they had, you know, a band already in place from Baylor and, but we did lead a community group, which was, they had broken the college students into groups. And so we led that. And Chris Tomlin was one of those community group leaders. Oh my stars. And we were just kids. I mean, we didn't, 
know what was going on, but we knew that God was moving and it was, it, you know, we had no idea what we were stepping into, but it's, it's been amazing to watch it grow like it has. And that's God's goodness, right? If we're each pursuing him, you guys weren't saying, you know, I hope that this guy finds our CD so that then we get to be a part of this conference for college kids that maybe we'll just keep going for 20 more years. And um, you just can't, you can't plan. God's plans out. They just are above and beyond, above yeah. and beyond. And so you're just faithful in your part. You did your part and you uh, mm-hmm. used your gifts and offered them up. And then he moves. Yeah. And he did move you and he moved you, you know, y'all had a band together. And then uh, around 2006, y'all decided to kind of pull back from mm-hmm. Watermark, your your band, and I would love for the young mom listening who's maybe been a part of something, maybe, you know, just like y'all in serving mm-hmm. God. It's not even a business or a a career outside of the church, but even in serving God that you all decided to kind of pull away from. What went into that decision? Yeah. Well, part of it was a necessity because I was I was truly exhausted. Mm. There was that. <laughs> How know, old were your kids around then? So we okay, so imagine. we just had we had two at that point. Um, okay. So Noah um, was about seven and six or seven, and then um, Eliana would have been about four or five. Okay. Um, and yeah, we maybe she was actually a little bit younger. I think Noah that would, the whole thing was centered around he was starting. Um, kindergarten and then first grade. I think kindergarten, we were still kind of on the road a little bit. First grade, I remember that was mm-hmm. the year that he went to a little um, school that was nearby for that one year um, because we had decided to come off the road. And so, yeah, he was about first grade. And, you know, we hadn't had Annie yet. And, but I was, you know, even with just two, I was um, exhausted and couldn't keep up with my house. I couldn't, you know, I would buy food and get motivated and think, okay, when we're home, I'm going to cook and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then I would come home off the road and all the vegetables would be like slimy and mm-hmm. I'd have to dump it all out again. And and I just, too, I remember being so just, you know, we had a record label at the time, a booking agent, a manager. You have all these people speaking in to your life. And at some point I've not only did I feel like I didn't have like a, a grip on anything, mm. um, I also felt like I didn't know what was going on in the lives of people around me. Like mm. I felt there was, it, it felt like we were so self-absorbed and that I, I couldn't even like go take a meal to a friend if she had just had a baby or things like that. It was like I had a longing in me to be normal, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally get and, it. Yeah. And I couldn't even be normal. And so I, I remember the Lord just slowly showing me that. And at first it felt crazy. It was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't end all this. I mean, it was like a merry-go-round. It was like, I can't jump off now, you know, I'm going to get scraped up basically. And, um, even, even my parents, I mean, as, and they're so supportive and to this day, and it was even hard for them at the time to wrap their head around it. And we didn't know all the, the repercussions of 
any of it. It was more just like we knew in the moment that this is what we need to do. And it was almost like we just had this picture of God just saying, take everything off the table, Hmm. clear the table, and let me show you in this season what needs to, what can come back on the table. And really it was through um, Psalm 37. It was the Psalm that actually, it was how I was saved when I was little. This is my life verse, Psalm 37, four through six, um, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you, which means he will set in you the desires of your heart. Mm. And that word give, actually that word, uh, even recently I found out that word means Nathan. It, it's That's the Hebrew word for give really? right there. It's where, the, it's where the name Nathan comes from, which oh, my is my stars. husband's name. Yes. And it's Nathaniel is the kind of gifts God gives or God gives. And so he, but it means to set. And so he'll set the desires in you. And that like, I I studied it that day and read it in a different way. It wasn't, I'm going to dream these dreams, and then if I delight myself in you, you're going to give me my dreams. Mm. No, I saw it more like I have. he has desires for us, and he's going to set those desires in us in every season, and sometimes in different seasons, it's going to change. And so he was showing me, I didn't know at the time, it it felt like forever. It felt like all or nothing. And now it's neat is to look back on it in hindsight and to know that this was for a time. It was for a season. And I hope that encourages so many young moms that this, it's not forever. But if the Lord is asking you to lay something down, trust Him with that because you have no idea how in surrendering that, He does God-sized things. Mm. And He continued to. It wasn't like, I didn't have any influence in that season. It was, I was at home and he was still using the music beyond what I had ever asked or imagined. And he was doing, I was getting opportunities still without a record company and without a manager and without a booking agent. You know, he was basically doing it as I was just laying it all down. And what the neat thing is, is that reprogrammed our lives pretty much so that now that I have stepped back in a little bit over the last few years, we're still kind of operating now from, I mean, we are, we're operating from that truth that I still am going to commit my way to him, which Mm -hmm. is that next verse, trust in him. And it says, he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. So we all have a cause in us. We all have these wirings and these things that he's put in us. It's that thing you can't hardly, you know, not shake. It's that thing that keeps you awake awake at night. Mm -hmm. And, but it says he will lift up that for us and it's not ours to carry. And so I've watched him really in a supernatural way, you know, really carry that for me. And so we've been able to kind of live from that place even now. So it kind of reset us in a way. It just sounds peaceful. Like it just yeah. sounds you're, you're doing his work, but maybe it had a pace to it that was pressured by outside voices. And now uh-huh. it's um, more recentered on 
you and God <laughs> and, and yeah. checking in with him and saying, okay, what are you doing? Am I following? Rather than sometimes, you know, the business side or the agent mm-hmm. side can pressure and hustle and we have to do this in order to get this sale. And and mm-hmm. in the hustle, we miss the holy of you know, yeah. God doing <laughs> above and beyond, yeah. above and Him's beyond. Going up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've really yeah we've seen that over and over and and I have a manager now who really walks in that with us you know mm. and we we really pray like God help us to know when we're to work hard and then also help us to see when we're striving mm. and help us know the difference all the time like it does take hard work yeah you know and there's a time to work um hopefully that's before six o'clock or five o'clock. <laughs> um, there's just a, there's a time yeah. to do that. And then there's a, there's a time when you let it be what it is and you rest. So yeah, it's so you so pull back and you're, you're with your family and you're able to enter back in, but talk to us about that transition back in. How, how did you know that you were following God and this was, this was the right step? Yeah. Well, um, over the last probably six or seven years, we were in Atlanta and we were helping, helping plant a church there. And I was on six steps records and I was, um, so moving from the watermark world, um, I was, we were probably, I was probably home about close to three years. And then, um, before I decided to sign with six steps when we, at the same time that we moved there to, be a part of the church. And it was all one thing. It's the church and the conference and the label and all that. And it was very protected. And I look back on it now and everything was kind of done for me. And, um, but you know, even that it's like, I see it as God's protection because we weren't busting it to crank up Christy Knuckles career. You know, it, it was very much like I was set in context with the church and the conference and, I could make records and I traveled a little bit. And so, but then it was like, oh, last, probably the last two years. Um, and when we moved back here, it just, I had fulfilled my contract with the label there, which was three albums. And when we moved back to Tennessee, I don't know if it's just something about when, you know, I turned 40. Um, I think there's a season for being under leadership in a way that you you're 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 carrying someone else's vision and then i felt this shift mm-hmm. that the lord was like it's time for you to be over and to lead your own thing and to use your voice in a different way than you ever have and to lead your own little team and that was really scary for me i i'm not um there's a lot of my wiring that is, you know, not wired for that. And so I had to have help. And that's been a great thing to surround myself with people who really understand me and are able and know Nathan and I's values, you know, and um, help us hold to that. And it's been so helpful. And so now I'm in this new season where um, it's just so much freedom to um, create and to it's scary because we don't have, you know, the big brand and the label and Mm. that context anymore to kind of, which was comfy to kind of hide in. Now I don't have 
that. So I'm just, I'm like, Jesus, I'm, this is such an opportunity for me to hide in you, to take you by the hand and for you to lead me and for me to trust in you in a way that I haven't in a really long time. And so stepping out this last really since February, I've officially was off the label this year. And so this Christmas album that I just made and released was the first project um, Mm -hmm. that we've gotten to do just completely on our own again, um, free to create. And again, there's, yeah, just look back on it and there's a season for everything and all, all of it prepares you for the next season. And I couldn't have jumped to this place. You know, it's like I had to have had all those experiences of laying things down and then being underneath leadership and, you know, learning from that. And it's just neat how every season of our life really does prepare us for the next, you know, and it connects. So, and so much of it seems like you're leaning, you said you're taking the hand of Jesus and I'm sure over the years, you like me, you've had different seasons where you do that better than others and you have Uh to kind of recenter, get back on track. Like in this time now, as you're leading and as you're creating and you're on your own, how do you, as a mom and you're busy, make time with Jesus a priority? What does that look like to hold his hand in your day to day? Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've learned that, you know, for me, it's not going to be the two hour candlelit Bible study. (laughs) (laughs) Not for any of us, really. Once I got over that, it was, it was like for so many years, especially when I was a really young mom, Mm. I was so down on myself and I, I really, um, was so hard on myself because I, I didn't know how to make the one hour Bible study work anymore. And I felt like it was again, like all or nothing, like I have to have this and it needs Mm -hmm. to look like this. But really what, um, I began to, to see really, and it was through, and this is, you know, my podcast is called the glorious and the mundane. And and this came from a, a lady that was in my life this mentor, her name's Terry. She's a songwriter. She has nine children. And I sat with her one day just with tears in my eyes and was just like, how do you do it? Like, how do you have, how do you have time with Jesus and accomplish the things that are on your to-do list? And, and she was like, you have to invite the glorious into the mundane. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, I spend time with the Lord on the laundry room floor and I pick up their socks and pray for where their feet are going to take them. And I pick up their underwear and pray for their purity. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, so it's, it's, and then, you know, once I grasp that concept that it's really, it's praying without ceasing. And so I've, it's that verse. It's like, well, really, what does that mean? Well, obviously we can't walk around all day with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. So it's, as soon as I get in the car, it's a, it's an ongoing conversation. Even just yesterday I got in the car and it was like, okay, Jesus, I have this 15 minutes. So I invite you into my day right now. Mm. And I just invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak to me all day long, speak to me through things and experiences and through my kids and and it's this open dialogue all day long. And it, mm. it basically, I'm always aware, not every single day, obviously, like you said, I mean, there's days that I have to constantly kind of go back to the bullseye, you know, <laughs> and, 
and really reorient my heart and my mind. You know, it's the renewing of your mind. Um, but really it's, yes, I do take moments all throughout the day where I might, I'll sit down and, and, and read. And, you know, I do have those moments, especially now that the kids are a little bit older and they're doing school and often I'm reading scripture and I'm studying and, and, um, but often too, it's just, I've told a lot of young moms recently, like get like a pack of, of Bible verses yeah. And just grab one for the day, meditate yeah. on it all day long, sing it, you know, like yeah. just pray it, sing it, think on it. Um, it is, it can be that simple. I think the thing is, is like Jesus just wants our heart and he wants a relationship with us and he wants that pray without ceasing kind of day where it's just open dialogue. And my kids have heard me pray out loud before, like just. Jesus, give me patience beyond what I'm capable of right now. <laughs> I uh, used yes. to pray that all the time when they were little. So Jesus, give me patience <laughs> beyond what I'm capable of. <laughs> beyond supernatural, right now. Yeah, right now. Exactly. Do you listen to worship music in your house? You like, know, um, our we have like an issue with um, not being able to play music in our house. Yeah, I'm seeing like <laughs> yeah. the cobbler's kids go without shoes. So do the worship. Right. It's um, part of it, honestly, is that our, um, our setup isn't great. We don't have a CD player. We just now got our um, little inner wiring thing in our house fixed where we can start listening to Christmas music. Nathan just did the Christmas music thing the other day so that we can enjoy it throughout the season. But you know what? Part of it is that it's like, Sometimes when we listen to it, Nathan's like, I, he's like, this is too close. Like it's, <laughs> I, I'm, he's like starts working, you yeah. know, in his yeah. mind because he's a producer. Um, so what I, I find that like, I, we, the girls will listen to things like, you know, we love Ellie Holcomb, things that it, it's, you know, pretty much like listening to straight scripture, Ellie's CDs, and it's kind of folky and we love things like that. And of course we find we have so many friends who are worship leaders who make records. So our kids think that everyone makes records, you know? <laughs> so yeah, if they met you, they would just think that you make records. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't, I don't, you don't yeah. want to hear that. You don't hear that. <laughs> so we, we often will listen to, you know, friends that we know, like this is Matt's yeah. record or this is so-and-so's record. And so it's neat, but yeah, we do. And so for some moms that might be their way to get back into the heart of even this season coming up when it can feel really the hustle and the bustle. And I know as you were preparing this new album, Thrill of Hope, you said you you kind of picture someone in their car driving mm-hmm. and maybe the traffic lights, but all the twinkle lights in the trees around them. And then they're moved by the Holy Spirit that I'm going to quote you to you. They're moved by the Holy Spirit that our King has come, that he is with us now and he is making all things new again. And that is the thrill of hope. Mm, yeah so good and you have filled this album not just with our favorites <laughs> you know mm. holy night and joy to the world and O come O come emmanuel and hark the herald angels sing but you've created your own songs and blended and mashed up some songs mm. um which one is your favorite on the album if you had to pick i know it's picking a, yeah, a favorite child but i know it's hard I would definitely have to go with Amarella. Okay, I was going to bring that one up. That's yeah. a great song. That's Thank a great you. song. So tell me, tell everyone the inspiration behind that. Yeah, well, my sister-in-law, who's actually a dear friend of mine, um, she gave me 
an amaryllis bulb for my birthday, which this is my birthday week. It's the 17th of November. And, um, and she, um, had given me this letter with this little amaryllis bulb and it said the letter was titled amaryllis prayers. And she began, she just began to go through, she knew exactly what season I was in. This was a couple of years ago, and it was when we knew God was stirring us to move from Atlanta back to Tennessee, and uh, we were grieving, you know, that the ending of a season and some loss there, and um, she knew right where I was, and she talked about how an amaryllis bulb, you know, it, it blooms in the winter, it's a winter house plant or house bloom. And, um, and she talked about how the amaryllis doesn't wait for the warmth of spring, but that it pushes through the hardness and the cold of winter and it blooms in winter even still. And so she, she said, these are are the kinds of prayers that we're praying for you in this season that even though all around you might seem cold and harsh and, and not, um, you know, conducive for growth, that you would still, like the amaryllis, push through the hardness of the soil and and the bleak of winter, and that you would bloom just like Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And so I knew immediately that this was going to someday be a song, like right when I read this letter. And so I ended up making her a co-writer on the song because I pulled direct lines from her letter, which is the bridge of the song. It says, there are the rare and beautiful treasures that grow when it's coldest, when nobody's watching, sending a message to a sleeping world that you are here with us now. You are making all things new again. And so I created this song and surprised her with it this summer by letting her hear it. And and it was just this precious time of like her championing, championing me during a really hard season and um, knowing that and trusting that God was going to use it to champion so many people, you know, that are going through something similar. And, you know, Christmas can be a really hard time for people and yeah. some, you know, some people a lonely time for people who've lost loved ones and um, are maybe going through a really hard season and everything around you is twinkly and merry and you don't feel so twinkly and merry on the inside. Mm. But so I took the song and kind of likened Jesus to this Amaryllis, how he came when conditions were not fair, and he came in a winter and in a silence that the world had never known. And then the second verse, we're the Amaryllis, and we can grow and bloom in the winter because of his life in us. So that's the Amaryllis song. So good. I have goosebumps. I'm picturing, <laughs> I have, you know, I went to four funerals in August. And I'm picturing all the friends and family that have lost loved ones this year. And what a great tangible gift of hope to give them. Because Mm -hmm. you're right, that first holiday season without that loved one is tough. It is tough. Mm -hmm. There's different waves of grief. And, you know, those other seasons, maybe a spouse left. Maybe um, that child you've been waiting for, the infertility struggle is real. And, you know, seeing a baby Jesus, babies are everywhere. And it's yeah. kind of another reminder. And when when, when is my hope going to come? And, and right. to be given that press through message, um, press on. I heard Christine Kane this past weekend. That was her. You know, she can jump around a stage. She's got a lot of energy. But uh-huh. she she was just encouraging everyone that even in the hardest things, 
we can we can press on through. It doesn't mean move on and leave the pain behind. You can take it with you, and he's he's able to carry it with you and, and go to the next thing because mm-hmm. he is. He's always making it new. He's always got yeah. something for us on the other side, even if it feels hopeless and dark. Mm-hmm. And I loved yeah. your line, I'm going through a winter of my own. Could it at least snow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many times have you thought that? It's like, if it's going to be this cold, can it just can we just have snow? So <laughs> yes, yes, yes. At least snow is magical. At least it brings magic. Right. And that's that line from right. what, um, uh, Narnia, right? Yeah. It was the winters with no Christmas. That there's yeah. no, no Christmas. Um, yeah. okay. And any other songs that you want to share stories of? Oh uh, yeah. Well, here. probably ahead. another one of my favorites, um, is called wrap this one up. And, um, it kind of started out in my mind as, you know, Jesus is the greatest gift. And I thought about a gift being wrapped up and, Mm -hmm. but I knew that wasn't it. And often that's how songwriting goes. It's like, you kind of get this first little idea and then it just keeps unfolding. Mm -hmm. And so I was reading at the time, a lot of, um, Jewish writings and things about shepherds who, raise the lambs for temple sacrifices. So I've learned through, you know, studying up on this and it all kind of started probably like two or three years ago, actually, Louis Giglio, our pastor from Atlanta, preached a message on all of this about um, shepherds who would have been under the care of the priest that were, you know, they had a very special way that they cared for the lambs that were meant for sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And as I studied up on it, of course, you start finding these treasures that it's like God leaves us kind of, if you're willing to kind of like take the breadcrumbs and like go down that trail. (laughs) And I started uncovering all of this, of course, beautiful imagery that Jesus was the Lamb of God, you know, and this one true sacrifice that would pay for our sin for for all time. And there would never have to be another lamb. He was the lamb. He's the one. And so I started kind of thinking of this um, chorus, you know, wrap this one up. And of course, I thought of Mary swaddling him. And, and then as I started researching it's it's crazy, but the there there are many writings that say that these shepherds who would keep these lambs for sacrifice and only the lambs in Bethlehem were known for this. So if you said Bethlehem, let's go to Bethlehem, um, you would know that all the surrounding sheep in that area in just Bethlehem, those were raised for sacrifice. Mm. And so the shepherds in that area would have been the ones who kept watch over these particular sheep. And when the when a when a male lamb was born, those were for sacrifice. The female lambs were a peace offering, but the male spotless and it had to be spotless was for um the sacrifice for for sin. And of course there were many of them that would have to go all the time. You know, they were mm. constantly raising them up. And so when a spotless male was born, they actually, there was a a swaddling technique that the shepherds would have to do in order to keep the lamb 
calm from thrashing around so that they could inspect the lamb because mm-hmm. it had to be without blemish. And so you think about, so that this whole first verse is you're in the story of the shepherd and he's preparing the spotless lamb once again, you know, to go for the sacrifice. He'll join the others and he'll pay the price, you know? So mm-hmm. it's wrapped this one up and you imagine these shepherds wrapping up this little lamb. And then of course you go to Mary and you know, the birth and, and she's swaddling Jesus. And there's this correlation of when the angels appeared to those shepherds, it said, they said to them, this will be a sign to you that you'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And there's many scholars that will say that that actually triggered in their brains. Like the shepherds knew exactly what this meant, that he's the lamb, Mm. that he's the lamb of God. So it would have signified to them, this is a sign to you, to shepherds, that he's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. And in their minds, you know, many scholars say that would have immediately triggered their joy because they would know that this is the one that's been told. We've been told that he's coming. And then, of course, the end, it, you, we go all the way to the cross and then the tomb. And the, there's this, the last chorus is, wrap this one up, and you're in the tomb. He is the lamb without blemish. Wrap this one up. He paid the price, and it is finished. And then I actually go there on a Christmas record. To the resurrection. Fabulous. <laughs> is, death would have no sting. He rose in victory. Hallelujah to the King. And then it goes into the traditional um, Gloria, Gloria in Excelsis Deo oh from gosh. Angels We Have Heard on High. So it's it's a whole story. It's 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 a story that you can kind of get lost in. I've had a lot of people um, comment on that one, saying, "I don't know what it is, but I ugly cry every time I hear that one." I mean, I'm covered in goosebumps. Christy, you're good yeah. at this. Oh, thank <laughs> oh you. My it's, yeah, goodness. it's just one that I I just treasured Jesus so much in the writing of that. And even when I sang it, I would have to be like Nathan hurry up because I, I don't know if I can make it through this verse as we were singing it because I would be choked up and I didn't want to start bawling and not be able to sing. and <laughs> So it's just one that's near and dear for sure. You but, know what hit anyway. me too as you were telling the story was picturing those shepherds. Um, I'm going to get choked up saying it. All of the scholars and the religious that missed him. Yeah. That missed him. And it was the yeah. simple shepherds yeah. that were not really highly valued. They weren't educated. They were tough, rough around the edges. And because of their dailiness and their job that God had given them, they recognized, yeah, here he is. This is him. This is special. I mean, of course there was the angels telling him too, but you know, like you said, that phrase meant a lot to them in their dailiness. And so I think, you know, even moms in our dailiness, I think we can think, Oh, this doesn't matter. I need to be out doing something that matters. It's super important. Or like you said, I need to do the two-hour Bible study. If you do your dailiness, you're going to see the hand. You're going to get to be the hands and feet in Jesus to your kids. You're going to recognize love. I mean, Jesus said the kingdom belongs to these, you know, these children that you're with. And the joy they're going to see on their faces this season and the anticipation that they have. That is what mm-hmm. God longs for us, that we would be as thrilled, as hope-filled yeah. as our kids. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Christy, thank you for being here. This was so fun. <laughs> this is so thank fun. Thank you for having me. Okay, so where can they find you online? You mentioned the podcast. Tell people those two things first. Yes. 
Well, it's christyknuckles.com. You can actually find um, the podcast there okay. or it's on your um, podcast app on your phone. You can search The Glorious and the Mundane. Um, and also, I'm the on album. Insta- Yeah, you're on yeah. Instagram. Go ahead, yeah, sorry. Yeah, and you, you can find the, the album. You can get a digital copy on iTunes. And then you can get a physical copy either on my website, which we have special pricing if you um, wanted to get more than one for Christmas gifts. That kind of the price goes down the more you get. Okay. Or Amazon.com. They have physical copies as well. So, Very cool. Well, yeah. thank you for being with us today. We really appreciate the pep talk and the inspiration. And those are some <laughs> fabulous stories. I'm going to go listen oh. to that song right now. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you, Christy. Have a fabulous Christmas. You too. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for your time. Of course. Adios. Bye. Bye. Okay, a couple things before I sign off. I wanted to go back and highlight Christy's tips on how to say God-centered as busy moms. I loved her idea to meditate on a verse. Pick a verse. Uh, I think I'm going to repeat to y'all her Psalm 37 verse, and maybe that can be what you dwell on today. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He's going to give you the desires. And commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noon day. And the next verse, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. So be still before God and wait for him. He is working. That's Psalm 37, 4 through 7. Um, I also loved her idea to invite the Holy Spirit into your day. If you just have a second, you get in your car and you're praying, that would be great. Also, the uh, breath prayer, Lord, give me patience beyond what I'm capable of. That's a pretty good one. And I wanted to let you know uh, her song, Emerilis. I uh, love that idea of encouraging those who are going through a hard time. I was at Trader Joe's and I saw they have amaryllis bulbs and they were almost blooming at my trader joe's uh so i went and i took the lyrics from christy's song and i printed them off made them look cute uh and gave the potted bulb to a friend with those lyrics i just think that that would be an easy but very meaningful thing to give someone you know who's going through a rough time this winter uh and Thank you all for your prayers for my mom. I really appreciate all of you lifting her up. We have felt those prayers. We have felt the peace. And God has really led us to these next steps on what we're going to do. Even this week, she's going to go meet with doctors and specialists. And just because I'm married to the man I'm married to, and his dad is a doctor who's very connected, uh, we have gotten in with some really great doctors who specialize uh, in what my mom's going through. So, Uh, I appreciate you. I thank you and keep those prayers coming. We're going to give God all the glory. I fully believe the reason we pray, he doesn't need us to pray, but we pray to him because it's a relationship. We say out loud, I need you, God, in this because he loves to hear us uh, call out to him and lean on him, just like Christy said. So whatever you are reluctant to pray about, um, I just encourage you say the words. Um, if you have a friend and you're struggling to pray for your thing and she's struggling to pray for her thing, pray for each other, swap things. If you're just tired of praying for the same 
situation in your home, um, the same person in your life, just swap, swap prayers. I think that's a good thing. And, uh, yeah, in December, we're going to do a variety of things. It's going to look a little different than it has looked. I'll have a couple new episodes, but I'm also going to take about three weeks where I do what I did last July and I find old episodes that I think y'all would like but didn't get played as often as these new episodes are getting played. So I know that not as many people have listened to them and we're just going to, it's kind of like um, a rerun. We're going to do that with some podcast episodes. Uh, I think y'all enjoyed when I did that in July. So we're going to do that again in December. That gives me a little rest time and um, gives y'all still some content to listen to when you're on your vacations. So thanks y'all for listening once again. Thank you for your for sharing, for your reviews. I know I have not done a review shout out. That's because my my interviews have been so long lately. Um, but I am reading every review. I know that iTunes is liking it. Uh, y'all are keeping the show up in the rankings for kids and family. And new people are finding the show every day. I'm getting emails, uh, messaging on Instagram and Facebook of people who have just found the show. So thank you all for telling your friends. It's God working. God is moving. God is pursuing moms, giving them meaning and mission in their motherhood. And that is all his work through the Holy Spirit. And you're a part of that as you go and share with your people. So thank you. I hope you had a fabulous Thanksgiving and gratitude just overflowed in your heart and you didn't have any uh, crazy political conversations that you made it through all that and you could talk about the stuffing. Uh, we've had a great time with our family and I am looking forward to getting into Christmas, listening to this CD, Thrill of Hope. All right. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.